May the words in my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Buenos dias. Good morning. I am Michael Jarrett. I'm the director of Trinity on the Border, the Trinity Mission. Uh, Trinity on the Border, we have um, a ministry working down on the border. Y'all, church has been partners with for quite a while, and that's where Tex and I met, was working on the border. So it's good to be up here to share with y'all a little bit about the Word of God. And... Um, if you are into like clergy practical jokes, one of the really good one is, is when you have a guest preacher come, you give them a passage that starts with the abomination of desolation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday. The Old Testament reading for this week, we, it, it came out of the book of Daniel, and it starts with the great, uh, the great prince Michael showing up and bringing Daniel along, and they're, you know, knocking out darkness. But we didn't get to hear that. We get to hear the abomination <laughs> of desolation. And that's what we're going to talk about. And in that, uh, in the story that the, the text read to us, it comes in the middle of a longer story of Jesus. He's, he's, he's walking out of the temple, and as he walks out, uh, his, his disciples are saying, hey, look at this beautiful building. You know, looking at, look, this, is, this is so marvelous. And, and he's like, this is going to fall down. And they're like, yeah, okay, kind of a downer. And, um, and so they walk across the road or, you know, around the road or whatever to a hill. They're looking over that, and his disciples say, all right, when's all this stuff going to happen? When's this? And Jesus starts telling them about, he says, you know, you're going to hear, many will come in my name, and you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars, and nation and kingdom are going to rise up. There's going to be some bad stuff happening. And then he says this. He says, be on guard. And for the, then he says some more bad stuff that's going to happen. And then we get to what we read today, where he says, but when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, and that's where we're going to start, the abomination of desolation. I don't have to do all the talking. Who would like to tell us what that means? Okay. I've asked a lot of people over the past couple week uh, what that means. Many theologians and clergy, nobody seems to know. It, it's, it, it is a prophetic statement that could mean lots of different things. One of the things that I am certain that comes from this is that there is an abomination that causes desolation. That Jesus is not unfamiliar that we have and we live in a very hard and dark world. That there is an evil one who seeks to destroy us. 
and causes great desolation in this world. It doesn't take long to look at the various things of darkness and grief that are around us. We have plenty on the border. We, we, we deal with people leaving desolations, coming and finding desolations on the border. We see children in horrible circumstances, but that's not located only on the border. It's, in the, it's everywhere we look as Christians. We look out in the world and we see desolations. When I've worked with, with foster homes, and there's work in foster homes and, and adoption. There's work with kids in high school. There's work uh, in nursing homes. There's work with the homeless. There's work in mental health. There's so much desolation in this world that is caused by the abominable one. We are, as Christians, called to be people who enter into that desolation, engage it with a small candle that is not of our own light. What are we doing? What are you doing? What am I doing? What are the things that we are doing to engage the desolation of our community? to go and stand in places of darkness, to go and stand with people who are grieving and with her, who are hurting. That's what the church is called to be, is light in darkness. What are we doing to engage desolation? And the only way that we can avoid Grief, when we look at the world, the only way we can avoid grieving when we think about where our future is going, where our kids are coming, what the life we live in now, the, the, the hurt on the border, the hurt in the, uh, on the streets, the hurt in the high schools, is to remain ignorant or intoxicated. There is a great deal of grief in this world, and as Christians, we are called to inform ourselves of it, to go and stand in the midst of it, and to bring Jesus there. What are we doing to engage the desolation in our community? This week we got to hear at uh, the Diocesan Synod, we got to hear Archbishop Foley speak. And one of the things that he was talking through is he was talking about the trends, generational trends, and, and what is projected for our children in the next 5, 10, 15 years. And it was pretty grievous. But what he encouraged us towards was to not let those possible futures, to not let the current realities move us to fear, but instead to move us into action.
So the only way to avoid the grief is to remain ignorant or intoxicated. At the same time, the only way to avoid despair, if you are facing the grief, is to immerse ourselves in the love of Jesus Christ. To be filled and to be filling ourselves constantly with him himself with the knowledge of his word, with the hope of his word. When Jesus is talking to his disciples here, he goes through in the whole chapter 13, and he's using the same idea, like the abomination of desolation is here in the middle. But in verse 9, he says, but be on guard, for they will do all these bad things to you. And then in verse 23, he says, for, but be on guard. I've told you all things beforehand. And then in verse 33, he says, be on guard, keep awake. And then he moves from be on guard to this awake thing. And in verse 35, he says, therefore stay awake for you don't know when the person, when, when the, the son of man is coming back. And at the end he says, and what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Whenever Jesus is talking about future things, like this whole chapter is, he's not talking about it so that we will be informed about future things. He's talking about the future so that we have a context and we have the ability to change and to act now, to be on guard now, to stay awake now. And so, on the one hand, I want us to ask, what are we doing to engage the desolation in the world? And on the other hand, ask, what are we doing to stay awake, to be on guard, to prevent ourselves from despair? You know, this is kind of a, an end times thing, and like, you know, it's, it's, it can be taken in various different ways, but I think for one thing, we as Christians are called to be preppers. You know, I'm not talking about like we need to have a garage full of taquitos, which, you know, if you want to, that's good too. Invite me over. Um, but to be preppers of not or things where moth and rust destroy, but the things of heaven, to always be constantly prepping our hearts, our minds, for the fact that there is a judge who will come. There is an end time, but we are focused on the, how that affects us now. We got to hear Bishop, Archbishop Foley speak. We also got to hear Bishop Frank speak. And he was speaking about Jesus saying, I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me. And I think that is the best sort of prepping we can do for any sort of future or present darkness is abiding 
in Jesus about uh, we are const- if we are people who are going out and getting dirty by being in the dirt and desolation of the world, we also need to be a people who are getting clean through Jesus, through his word, by constantly baptizing ourselves in the word of God, immersing ourselves, brainwashing ourselves. We're going to be brainwashed out in the world. Why not get to choose what kind of brainwashing we do on a daily basis? I work on the border with Trinity on the border, but I also have had a long time working with the Trinity Mission, which is about helping people to develop habits of prayer, daily prayer, but also throughout the day prayer. And prayer historically includes reading scripture. They're not separate things. So I wanted to encourage you towards as we're about to begin a new liturgical year with Advent, what sort of prepping habit can you take on of daily prayer and immersion in the Word of God so that you would be on guard and that you would be able to stay awake? It occurred to me about about a year ago, I guess, that I didn't even have a, one single psalm memorized. I was reading that at one point you could not be made a bishop of the church unless you had the entire Psalter, 150 of them committed to memory. It's like, how did I slip into the clergy? <laughs> I don't even have a single one memorized. So I started trying to memorize them about a year ago. I encourage you to do that. Find a Psalter that works. You can use the prayer book. You can find another resource, whatever. Memorize the Psalms. Let them make their mark on your heart and your mind. Memorize them if you have a family. Memorize it together. Let it make a mark on your children. Because there is an abomination causing desolation out there. Be on guard. Stay awake. Brainwash yourself with the Word of God that it may dwell in you richly. I loved the song that Chris chose for us to sing, How Can I Keep From Singing? Really, that's where, I mean, the, 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 the part that was bolded No storm can shake my inmost calm while to the refuge clinging since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth. How can I keep from singing? Brothers and sisters, I encourage you to go. You may already have them. You may have have had desolation come and find you. A lot of us have. But as you're healing, once you're healed, and those of you who may be a little more healthy, go and find dark places to bring the love of Jesus. Constantly immersing yourself in his word and in his love that you can sing a song of light and hope for those people. 
a Kyrie eleison, Lord, have mercy. Because we live in a dark and depraved generation that has no hope except for the love of Jesus Christ. And he has chosen you to bring that love and to proclaim his marvelous light, that he is the one who was and is and ever shall be. Amen.